Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, you seriously never saw RoboCop, or... Come on, you never watched Raising Arizona, or... How have you not seen From Dusk Till Dawn? everyone again and thank you for joining us for how have you not seen i'm your co-host caroline thompson i am carson Betts, and this is a podcast where each week we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen we talk about it then we go and watch the movie and then we talk about it some more it's gonna be a real good time hell yeah a real good time some yeah. say i think this movie's really fun yeah and uh that having been said let's just jump into it carson Betts. Yeah. How have you not seen From Dusk Till Dawn? This is going to be a really boring beginning. I don't, um, I don't know. <laughs> the sound effects this time, at least, uh, made it a little I'm bit I'm doing fully work over here. Yeah, is, I, is, I, I do not know. Is this the only thing that, is this the only thing that Tarantino's like really, really touched and worked on that you haven't seen? Have you seen True Romance? Have you seen um, Have you seen Death Proof? I haven't seen True Romance, and I haven't seen Death Proof. Okay, interesting. I which is I own Death Proof on Blu-ray. I still have not seen it. I probably should. I've just never got around to it because I've got like the oh god, here I am, a straight white guy talking about Tarantino. But I got the like Tarantino like 20 years of filmmaking box set Blu-ray. My dad got it for me for Christmas one year. Uh, and it's got Death Proof on there. And I've just never, I don't know, I've just never gone around yeah. to it. Yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, this is he, I'm just skipping ahead to the next question. He yeah. wrote and produced this. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Because it was. Let's, let, yeah. Let's move into what do you know about the film? But let's yeah. start with, do you know who directed it? Is it. um Fuck, what's his face? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Fuck me, is it the Spy Kids guy? Why can't I remember his yes, name right now? Yes, it is now? the Spy Kids guy. <laughs> it is Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez, yeah, okay, shit. That was horrible of me. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 Bobby Rodriguez um, of Spy Kids fame. Uh, and it's a, it's a vampire movie, right? Yes. Yeah, so yes. it's her second vampire movie of the, of the season. We got to get two vampire movies, two Nicolas Cage films. It's very important. Um... And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming it's pretty Rodriguez slash Tarantino-y. There's probably a lot of blood and gore and like like kind of affected funny dialogue. Um, is Trejo in it? Um, I, I think so. Yeah. Is Danny Trejo in it? That makes sense. Um let me let me double check because it's okay. it's been a moment, but I, I believe so. Um, but what else do you know? Ah. Uh, I'm reaching. I don't think anything else. Yes, Danny Trejo is in it. Hell yeah. Do you know that he has his own line of beer now? That makes sense. Yeah, Trejo Cerveza. That that makes perfect sense. That I haven't great. I haven't had it, but I really, really want to. Um <laughs> I don't I'm sorry, I gotta say this. Y'all ever try Soda Shack? 
Um, when Shaq no. had his own line of sodas. Oh no, they were really good. <laughs> I think I thought you were talking Shack about like a, a store, like the no, soda no, Shack. no. They're these big tall boys of soda that were like a little bit more expensive than normal soda, and they had Shaq's face on them, and they were really good. But I don't think that you can buy them anymore. Oh, pour one out. Pour one out. Pour a soda shack out for soda shack. Um, yeah, I don't think I know anything else but Dustal Dawn. Um, okay, awesome. Well, if that is the case, um, are you ready to move on to our little game? Absolutely, I am. Wonderful. Um, well, this week we are playing another rousing game of Untitled Letterboxd Games. Sick. Um, a game in which I have found three very negative reviews of three different films, one of them being from Dusk Till Dawn. The other two, perhaps having some kind of tenuous connection, whether thematically or mm-hmm. uh, what have you, to, to the film. And I am going to read them. And Kirsten is going to try to guess which one is for From Dusk Till Dawn. Love Kirsten, it. Kirsten, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Review number one. I wish I could have gouged my eyes out. This is the ugliest movie I've ever seen. Or sorry, this is the ugliest movie I've seen maybe ever. Wow. 90% of things that happen are just to show off the visual effect. The only good thing about this is the kid quoting the tech manual looks and acts like me when I was 16. Truly the representation I needed. Whoa, okay. Interesting. Tech manual, okay. Lots of twists and turns in that. Yeah, that was a lot of... Interesting. Okay, go on. Review number two. Tacky edgelord nonsense full of obnoxious, unlikable characters who are performed atrociously. Actor is awful. And I'll even go a step further to say that actor is better despite being the fact that, or despite the fact that his character is clearly worse. Awful direction and effects. Director wants to be Sam Raimi so fucking bad in this. And terrible, annoying dialogue that feels like they're never going to end. Um, actor and a few of the random supporting performances are the only redeeming aspects. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. Review number three. I don't know Elvis, but I know he will not like this character. An IDGAF about Obama or something. She killed actor, not the criminal like character that this actor played who had a gun pointed at the other character but okay this actor who was just doing his job all caps that's it for me (laughs) truly what the fuck (laughs) truly unhinged can you read that one one more time yes yes thank you okay i need to take that in again i don't know elvis but i know he will not like character name and I don't give a fuck about Obama or something, but she killed actor, not another role this actor played, who was a criminal and had his care and had a gun pointed at another character. But OK, this actor who was just doing his job, then in all caps, that's it for me. That one's so unhinged and specific. I feel like it's got to be from Nestled on. You think? i'm just gonna go with my gut i immediately i don't know for some reason stuff immediately popped into my head i don't think i'm right about the first one i think i might be right about the second one i'm gonna say the third one is from dust till dawn i'm gonna say the second one is blade two (laughs) i had an idea for the first one but i have no idea why you would arrive upon it 
if that was the... Well, go with your gut. What do you think it is? Ah, uh, it's going to be wrong. I, for some reason, I think the first one is Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> All right. Are you, are you locking them I'm, in? I'm locking them in. Yeah, fuck me. No. Three yeah, strikes. No. Yeah, Three I strikes. figured. Damn. So the uh, From Dusk Till Dawn was the second review. Okay, fuck the yeah. The one about um, tacky edgelord nonsense. Yeah. The first one about how they could have gouged their eyes out um, and the kid reading the tech manual was Spy Kids 3D. Oh, over. fuck! Another Rodriguez film. And Here's the thing about Spy Kids 3D. Great movie. I Great disagree. Movie. Can I tell you one of my least favorite theatric, like theater-going experiences all time is seeing Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> Because I fucking love the first two Spy Kids movies. And as a kid, that was one of the first movies that I ever walked out of and was like, that was bad. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time. Maybe I'm wrong. Whatever. Sorry. Whatever. Sorry, Caroline. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. It was my Spy Kids. No, I'm so mad good. I didn't get that. I re- like, fuck, I should have thought of that. Uh, all right. Go on. What's the third one? Um, the third one is um, True Romance. Uh, Tarantino written, but an, a, another Quentin Tarantino written film. And then Spy Kids 3D, another film directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, that's, ah, damn, I should have thought about that. That's good. Damn, I can't, I was thinking for some reason my head was vampires and not Rodriguez and Tarantino. Totally. Uh, what are the, can you, can you read the third one with the characters' names intact, yes, please? Yes, 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 yes. I don't know Elvis, but I know he will not like Clarence. And okay. I don't give a fuck about Obama or something. She killed Chris Penn. Not criminal Chris Penn with a gun pointed at Harvey Keitel, but okay Chris Penn, who was just doing his job. I know. In all caps, oh. that's it for me. Okay, I do know that those people are all in true romance, but it does not make that yes. description make any more sense. Yes. <laughs> Obama or whatever. Okay. Okay. Whatever. I've been, I've been beaten. Uh, let's go. Um, let's go watch from Dustal Done. Let's do it. We'll see let's you guys in just a minute. What you just heard is yeah. uh, Carson and I are recording in person, and we were just at the uh, we were just at a little gas station around the corner, the little corner store around from Carson's house, mm-hmm. and uh, we saw that they had um, Trejo's cervezas, which is Danny Trejo's beer. Uh huh. So we got ourselves a pack, and um, you know it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like fine. You know what? Yeah. I, you know what? I think you like slightly better than fine, though. Although I could be wrong. I know this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, from Destel Dawn. Uh, fucking uh, rules. Okay, so I, this is this is. I'll say it this way because I said this last night. We watched it together last night. This is also, if you notice the difference, we're in the same room right now. We are, yes. Yeah, fucking shit. Hence the, yeah. why we yeah, were at if, the store together. Yeah, that'd be really weird if it was, yeah, that's we, we divvied up the pack and then uh-huh. went to our We our went to two separate homes. stores and <laughs> just FaceTime the whole time. Okay, so, because last night we watched it, and midway through, I think, I don't know who said it first, I think your partner said like, oh, 
like, do you know what this movie is about? Like, ask me. And I know I said this in the first half, that it's about vampires. Yeah. Like, That's the thing I've heard about it. But midway, and you said, yes, yes, it is. Yes. But midway through the movie, I was like, do, did I, like, fucking dream that we talked about that it was about yeah. vampires? Like, start, am I right about this? Episode? Like, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. No, and, and I mean, like, that's the thing about this movie is mm-hmm. Selma Hayek does not turn. So this movie's about an hour and 40, hour 45. And Selma Hayek does not turn into a vampire until slightly past the hour mark. Yeah. I think it's, like, a minute and one, I, a minute and two. I or an hour and one, movie, an hour and two. And I was like, oh, it's more than halfway through. Yeah, yeah. and it's so weird it's really because weird. like okay i mean like it's this movie we, let's start there because i have a bunch of other stuff to talk about we have yeah. the tarantino of it all yes. as well as the tarantino of it all the, the both there's two <laughs> yeah because that's the, i think we said it in the first half this is probably the only time where we're going to seriously talk about quentin tarantino in this podcast yes unless i could the only thing is like if in a couple of years we have a guest on and they're like i haven't seen pulp fiction yes that's like the only situation or if we get like I'll, I'll go ahead and lay it out on the line now. Yeah. If we ever get 500 patrons on Patreon, we can do his whole filmography That's over the on goal. Patreon. <laughs> we do the entire Tarantino filmography. Um, okay, sure. But yeah, no, we'll probably never really yeah. talk about him on this no. pod uh, more than in passing, but... That's the whole thing about this movie. Yeah, is that you is gotta... The first half is not a vampire movie. No. And then the back half is absolutely a vampire it's, it's movie. It's so the most a vampire movie. And it's movie. even less than the last half of it, which is like... Yeah. Because we are watching it, and, like, my partner did ask. She was like, Carson, you know what this is about, mm-hmm. right? And you were just like, you're like, I thought so, but now I'm kind of starting yeah. to doubt. And um, I was like, no, Carson, you're right. You're right. And you're like, okay, so it is about vampires, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we'll get there, but, like, yes. And, like, it is such a weird thing that I think also – works with a few different things i think it i think it's kind of the way like both the tarantino and the clooney character kind of like change throughout the film it's like it is a movie that takes way longer Mm -hmm. to get to where it's gonna go than like it probably typically should yeah and somehow it works this is the thing i was thinking about both kind of last night after we watched it and then like as you were talking certainly just kind of laying out the timeline of it because the la- once the vampires show up that's the climactic action scene it is just a then a 35 minute long action scene yeah basically it's like 30 minutes of action and then five to ten minutes of denouement you know of like and then we finished and and uh, carlos shows up and and clooney drives off yeah and like that, thinking about it, if you kind of take the idea of that it is a vampire, like vampires out of it, if you if you kind of take that supernatural thing out, I I don't think that it is that wild of a way to structure a movie. No, you're right. Like most action movies, at least ones that are kind of, again, we just talked about Mad Max Fury Road, so that's the thing in my head. Like that's one of the few that is kind of not structured in the. Act one, act two, act three is just one big long action scene thing. That's the like that is the fucking Marvel shit where the whole last third of the movie is right. extended action scene. It's a very, you know, well trodden thing. So if you take the fact that it's vampires out, that actually kind of makes complete sense. 
No, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, they get across the border, they finally get to where they're going to yes. go, and then they end up... There it turns a, out that the bar that they're at yeah. is just a biker bar, mm-hmm. and they have to fucking fight their way out There's a, a version of... Uh, there's not, because it would be a totally different movie, but, like, you can see a version of this script where you're monkeying with the screenplay, and, like, it, it is... There is some act to reveal that turns into an act-reaction scene that has to do more intimately with the crime elements of the first two... That it is something about, like, Carlos shows up early, and then, you know, there there is something that Clooney wasn't telling them, and then there's, you know, it turns into an action scene, and it has nothing to do right. with vampires, and it makes, it, like, in terms of structure, it is actually, like, pretty traditional movie structure. But, yeah, the fact that Selma turns into a fucking vampire... Well, and I mean, I mean, I think that that actually, now that you put it that way, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that is something that, like... I think part of the reason it does work is because they're not teasing, like, we're going to get to vampires, yeah. like, we're going to get to vampires. There's nothing, not a lick of it, no. So it's almost like they do just encounter a rival gang. Basically, you know, like, yeah. it, 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 like yeah. if they end up in the bar, is just, like, a super hardcore biker bar, mm-hmm. and, you know, for whatever reason. Um Yeah, so, I mean, that, I guess that's a really good point that I yeah. never really thought of, because yeah. I always just thought of it... As, like, a fun little joke. Yeah, like, isn't that a but, weird turn? Well, yeah, because the first two, you know, the first two-thirds of the movie are, are are entertaining and compelling and well-acted and pretty well-written, but they do... The thing I was thinking was, like, oh, this is a very, like, solid, like, three-and-a-half star, like, it, this is Tarantino taking his dry run at Reservoir Dogs kind of thing, and then... The reveal of the vampires is so crazy and unexpected, but then everything that happens from there and the way <laughs> that it unfolds does weirdly feel of a piece with everything. It doesn't, no, totally. like, as much as it is a complete, you know, 180 turn, it, it is, kind of fits with the rest of the tone of the movie. No, Not yeah, that absolutely. crazy. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things, too, where it's like, I feel like a different movie um, would, like, I, and I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of an example, but I guess just, like, you know, there's, there would be a more foreboding sense of, like, there would be some kind of, like, yeah. foreshadowing that there's vampires. Yeah. And there'd be, like, a thing where, like, there there would be an exchange where Clooney would be like, okay, and we're going to this bar, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, o- like, it doesn't open until sundown, and Tarantino would be like, why doesn't it open until sundown? It's like, yeah. I don't know, it's just some strange bar or whatever. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, there would be some, like, lead up to mm-hmm. it that would kind of make it feel almost underwhelming when mm-hmm. it does happen because, and it would feel like if the movie was just tipping its hand, it was like, oh, guys, like mm-hmm. we're going to get to vampires. Like, yep. We're going to get to vampires. Cause really the only thing, really the only thing they set up in the beginning to make it to like, even that even comes into play when it's vampire time yeah, is that, um, Harvey Keitel's priest or That's a, the only a, thing. a, a preacher or a minister, a minister or whatever yes yes he specifies he yes he's, i personally don't know the preacher, difference, he goes, but he is yeah, a minister he's yes. a minister yeah and like there is the more cowardly version of this movie where the reason he's not a minister anymore is because he encountered vampires right yeah you know? there's but like some like, fucking bullshit thing where it's mm-hmm. like it's like it's like how does your wife die and it's like it's like no one knows like drained of all her blood yeah like yeah. we found her in the woods in Forks, like, washington yeah exactly exactly mm-hmm. like I mean, fuck, yeah. I mean, Twilight's, like, a really great example Yeah, like actually, that. it is. is they're really... setting up all of the, like, why Why mm-hmm. are the Cullens like this? Mm-hmm. And they don't reveal, like, say it, Bella Vampire until, until exactly halfway yeah. through the fucking movie. 
And yeah, and there would be like all of the intrigue and all that stuff. And no, this movie just doesn't do it. It just says yes. like, it's like we are straight up like mm-hmm. crime thriller until mm-hmm. we are suddenly like a genre movie. Yeah, and like... Like an extremely cheesy very, but very fun yeah. but that's genre film. The reason I think it works so much is that from that minute, from the minute Salma Hayek turns into a vampire and that reveal happens, and it's so good. Like the transformation is so fucking freaky and weird and cool and so unexpected that like it grabs you and then the movie says, okay, you like that? And this thing, and this thing, and this thing, and this thing, and this thing. Well, and we're just, just going to keep it. It's all bits. Yeah, exactly. Like it is... It is, I did think, I'm like, it is, it is kind of Raimi-esque in that it is yeah. operating on that, like, horror as comedy. Everything is a setup that is immediately paid off. Yes. It's just visual invention and, like, g- gore in, in, like, not really that violent of a way, like, kind of cartoonish gore. Yeah, like, the vampires bleed green. The vampires bleed green. The, <laughs> the character sex machine, which is a... Uh, just that that his name is sex machine is a very good joke and then like well and also the, just that like his name is sex machine and he's the one who is like the most polite yes of yes, everyone yes, in the bar yes he's like he's like hi it's nice to meet you what's your name kate who are you i'm sex machine, I'm sex machine. it's nice to meet you yeah, kate. Good to meet like you. he uses a whip it's fucking cool but like th- th- like they have the scene that i commented on when we were watching it of like i wish that you know more at least movies that are kind of a bit self-aware and having a bit of fun with it had a scene where people are just like, okay, what do we know about vampires? Like, let's take a second and talk about it. And they say they're just like, I think Sex Machine says like, well, they're really strong, but they're also real squishy. Like, you can just kind of, which, you know, is like, I don't know any lore about vampires that says that, but... They set up that, like, you could just shove a fucking pencil through them and it well, kills them. Well, that's the them, thing, because he yeah. says that because they have just mm-hmm. wiped out, like, 20 of yes, them. And exactly. he says, like, when I was fighting them, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, okay, so here's here's the thing. Here's that, the thing. I mean, yes, it is a great just 35-minute bit of, like, physical comedy yeah. and also just, like, a love of B-movie because mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, fucking, like, practical makeup effects yeah. for, the like, the whole fucking time. Oh, and yeah. it's super fun. Um, here's the thing that I think is really clever that the movie does, and we can kind of use this to pivot to Tarantino, is I said this last night when we were watching it. It was at the line when Harvey Keitel, yeah. when like George Clooney is like, tell me like you're a bad motherfucking servant of God. And he goes, I am a bad servant of <laughs> yeah. God. And I'm just like, and like Harvey plays it so fucking straight, yeah. so earnestly. Like there is like he is doing like the least like stylized so anything, which so is so subtle. good. Yeah, it works. And and it's the thing where like I said this to you last night. I was like, I was like, I try so hard yeah. to hate Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. I try so hard, and then he writes lines like that, and I'm like, yeah. fuck, like the ma- like he just he just he just gets it. Yeah, unfortunately, but, he's a fucking once in a lifetime talent. Damn, yeah. fuck, like yeah. It's- <laughs> but like the whole the Tarantino of it all is one thing I think he does really cleverly mm-hmm. is he makes you so fucking thoroughly mm-hmm. hate his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that. Like, three things happen mm-hmm. out of that. One, you don't care at all when he no. dies. You're kind of into sh- it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool. It, it, it yeah. is shocking that there are now vampires, yes. but you're into it. Yeah. 
It also lets you be totally cool with Clooney killing him a second time. Yeah. yeah. Which is dope. Yeah. Because so frequently in like movies, that's like, I mean, they do it with the dad at the end of this this exact movie. It's like, it's like when you have to kill someone you love, it's like, it's like played for like heart wrenching shit. And for Clooney, it's a little like, oh, fuck, I have to kill my brother. But for the audience, we're like, yeah, kill him, kill him again, kill him again. But also, it just like really subtly lets you root for the vampires. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like like you like when the vampires like break onto the scene, you are instantly rooting for them in yeah. that first yeah. little bit that they're involved in. So like it makes it makes the rest of the film just like a lot more fun mm-hmm. because because you like the vampires. Yeah. You go from Salma Hayek is the most gorgeous woman you've ever seen yes. in your entire life yes. to she murders the character you hate and you're like well she's a disgusting bat monster but like is she that bad like really and yeah it's it's great it's there's also the kind of fantastic and it's very i don't know i think it, it's also a really good trick of like quentin tarantino's character in this movie is truly disgusting disgusting in a way that that tarantino as an actor because we know who he is as a person can like play really well like it's it's kind of almost scary and gross but like it's cool um and then also the relationship that he builds with Clooney is this kind of like it's like almost of mice and men I was just gonna say yeah that. it's like the because that. every time he does something shitty like Clooney is I mean it's the after the scene where he sexually assaults and murders the woman he has the scene where he pushes him up against the wall and he's pretty clear about the fact like you keep doing shit like this and you're done like we're not doing this shit anymore and that's every single like the entire rest of the movie up until he dies is not only Clooney negotiating with the people they're kidnapping but also this fucked up lunatic brother he has yeah and yeah like it it really lets you have your cake and eat it too because it's like it does give Clooney a little bit of weight like it doesn't make him murdering his own brother completely hollow but it also you believe that he would do that like it makes sense like he uh, uh, especially at the point where he's like hey you don't kill my brother i gotta kill my brother yeah. like because you can tell he's like he's thought about how he's had to do this before that there were vampires right ever a thing you know well and it, and it allows for the like i don't know i guess it it also allows for like the uneasy allies yeah. to come together yeah, in a yeah. way that like is pretty satisfactory because like I mean George Clooney is a handsome charming motherfucker oh yes and he's like he's like bad in this like bad in the man. beginning like he does some bad fucking mm-hmm. shit but because he's never nearly as bad yeah. as Tarantino and because he's like protecting the family from mm-hmm. Tarantino like you really do get the sense from square one mm-hmm. that like no like Clooney is going to let them go when yeah. they get to Mexico. Yeah. Like, you get that sense because he's, like, he is, you know, because if if he wasn't, he would say to Tarantino, like, hold, just hold off for, like, an hour until and we get then, order, and then, then do whatever, get, and then yeah. I don't care what yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly, no. But, like, you get that, you get that sense of stakes, it gets you the stakes of, like, I don't know, it, it, it works, it's a good dynamic. It's the importance of the setup of the scene really early where he talks to the first woman they kidnap and he does the, I give you, tells her a billion horrible ways in which this could go. Like makes it really clear that he is not a good person. He does not give a shit whether he, whether she lives or dies, but he lives by a code. I give you my word, shakes her hand and then is very fucking upset when Tarantino 
breaks that, breaks his word. Yeah, and he doesn't so do, and, and does he doesn't the same have thing, the thing. Then he does the thing with right, yeah, and he yeah. doesn't have the thing of like, you idiot, like, mm-hmm. why didn't you wait until we were across the border? Yeah, like, yeah, he says, yeah. he says, like, like, she wasn't gonna say a goddamn word. Yeah, like, like, she wasn't yeah. gonna say a fucking thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's yeah, it is a good. dynamic that, like, so I had not seen this movie in several years. Mm-hmm. And not gonna lie, when we were rewatching it, that first twenty five minutes, I was Rough. like, I was like, oh shit! I was yeah. like, I was like, I was like, I know I was younger when I saw this, but mm-hmm. I was like, I remember this movie being a lot less horrendously yeah. terrible, like way more fun and not like scary. And yeah, like, Ugh, yeah. And then and then like it it does by the time it reaches that halfway point, and I mean it's I mean it's the Tarantino of it all of just like. Yeah. How how much of how much of Tarantino is Quentin Tarantino wanting to say and do absolutely horrible fucking yeah. things so he writes a character that does them that he gets to do it. Like, I mean, in Pulp Fiction like, when he says the yeah. N-word a hundred oh, yeah. fucking times. Oh, he yeah. writes and himself Django a role. Chain. Yeah, yeah. Well, but where he writes himself a role. Yes. Where yes. he says the N-word a yes. hundred fucking times. That's the thing. Like, he, the role he writes himself is always clearly not the good person. Right. Like, the movie communicates to you like, this is bad, but it's also the altruistic director of the movie who's giving himself license to do the thing and it's like it's so yeah i don't know i was i mean this is the thing this is just reiterating i was having this conversation i think on i think like i was texting on instagram with a friend of ours uh, and something about tarant i don't know i don't even know if it was tarantino might have been a different you know kind of altruistic male director or something chris nolan christopher nolan you know stanley kubrick (laughs) stanley kubrick came back from the dead and said uh, hustler um, but like, honestly, at, at this point, 2022, I would not be surprised if that was a headline. No, it's, it's the right type of crazy for like, yeah, what Stanley, we Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick <laughs> comes back from the dead just to say like one slur, slur and one then he more dies time. again. Yeah. He, he says, this is for Shelley Duvall. And, he <laughs> says, and, like, and everybody goes, what is that? The fuck? But, like, I was just kind of going about, like, I get, I don't know. Because it is, it's one of those, like, there's one of two kinds of, you know, kinds of takes on people like Tarantino that I run into a lot, just in the world. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of really good art being made about that kind of artist in society now. I think there's a lot of people that are doing really interesting, you know, just, like, thinking about it in interesting ways. And I hope that we can do that. There's kind of the one side, which is, like, Tarantino is a god. He cannot be touched like anything. Any, any like, negative, you know, any kind of negative externality that comes from his art, that is all, that's part of it. You know, that that's just a thing that we got to accept and, frankly, fuck you for even, like, yeah. besmirching his name. And then there's, like, bad thing happen in movie. Movie about slavery. That mean movie bad man who make movie bad. Like, that, <laughs> like, and I, I just get really, like, anytime I run into that, I get really fucking annoyed because I'm just, like... Look, there's a whole, you know, I don't know. I'm not trying to say that, like, anybody who has a very definitive take about Tarantino is wrong. But I'm like, generally people whose thoughts about these things I agree with, or at least I see some truth in, are able to recognize that there is a world of, like, look, I don't fucking know in the in the middle of that where, you know. And it's actually... It's beleaguered sigh. Yeah, but yeah. the gunplay was really good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
It is, it is, I played Call of Duty for 20 hours last week and like, is it bad? Yes, absolutely. But those headshots were super cool. Like they, they did, there was something. It was too. a very exciting way to spend my exactly, time. Exactly, yeah, yeah. To be clear, I do want to say I didn't, I've never played Call of Duty that long, but it's just a Oh, I've played a ton of Call of Duty. I mean, there have been times Back in, in my the life. day. There was a period in midst of 2020, like summer of 2020, where a, a buddy of mine, because that was right when like the, now that every, you know, multiplayer video game like that is like a live service now it's just one game that they keep updating yeah and, you know when that version of it dropped fucking like call of duty war zone and i don't know what that is yeah it's like it's the, <laughs> i think it's i don't think they've i don't know i don't really know I, I don't think they've made another one but that's like the the model and it was like a Fortnite battle royale thing and we played a shit ton of war zone and let me tell you pretty good <laughs> it's pretty the guns are good but like yeah, I don't know. Like, there's that's always my thing with Tarantino. I think I said this in the first half that like, I just get very. Anytime somebody starts talking about Quentin Tarantino, I just get nervous. I'm just like, oh yeah. I, I'm like, I don't feel because this is the thing is like, I don't feel like I have the hour to sit down with you and like really get into. No, yeah. You know my personal like, thoughts on yeah, you know. It's like Tarantino, Kubrick, Nolan, and the Last Jedi are the fucking yes, things that yes. like. I kind of I I don't know what side of the argument you are, but I don't know that I want to talk about it with you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, or or the opposite, which is like, I get worried that I'm either going to come across as like a as one of the two things that people are going to be like, oh, what a fucking pearl clutching moralist, or like, oh, what a like a, a disgusting like man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like one of the two, you know, because it's like I feel like if I go if in polite conversation, I would say, yeah, like Django Unchained. Probably one of my like top twenty movies. It's really good. It's really fucking movie. It's, it's really a really fun. good fucking movie. It's a really good time. That like I saw and it blew my goddamn mind. And then I you know and it's and I still think it's you know really good and very valuable art and cinema. Uh, do I necessarily think that Quentin Tarantino had to cast himself as a man that just said the n word a lot? I I you know I don't think so. But you know. Both things can be true, but yeah, it's that's the thing with Tarantino is it's just it's such a lightning rod, and he's like the because he's just the guy people talk about, you know. Right. That's the other thing. He's the guy. Well, and I think maybe more than Nolan, even you know. Yeah, and I think too with Tarantino, I mean, like it's very well documented. He's talked about it how like basically like the first thirty years of his life, he spent every second of it mm -hmm. watching any movie he could get his hands on, including yeah. like thousands of like you know, like, cheap-ass B-movies yep. and all that stuff. So it's like, I think that... I think that Tarantino has broken his brain in such a way that, yeah. like... I don't know, that, like, not even he necessarily, like, knows exactly what he's doing all the time. Yeah. And, and in a way that, like, I don't know gives him a pass, but in a way that I'm, like... Like, I don't get the sense that he, like... I don't know, I don't get the sense... That he is like, oh, I know everything. Like, mm -hmm. I can, I can make a movie about slavery because mm -hmm. I have like good informed takes mm -hmm. on slavery. I think he watched a bunch of black exploitation movies and loved them. Yes, and was like, I want to make one of them. Like, what's a good revenge story? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this and, and this and this and this and right, yeah. And does Tarantino have any fucking right to do that? I have no idea. Spike Lee doesn't think so, and I mean, Spike Lee's a pretty smart guy. Yeah, like, like Spike you know, Lee's films a lot. Yeah, exactly. I can't, you know, and Spike also, some Lee of my also favorite some movies weird ever. Shit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but like, no, and that's look, and hey, I. 
again in the hypothetical if we're talking about Django Unchained my I, my whole hypothetical or my take about Django is that it's like actually kind of more of a white allyship movie than it is a like a black revenge story in a lot of ways and I think I don't know that that's purposeful I think that's maybe just Tarantino's brain doing right. a thing you know but yeah I think that that's what it is I mean it's to the point where like I do look forward to the yearly ritual of that has been kind of upset the past couple of years from COVID, but of like Tarantino doing the rounds, doing interviews, and then being like, "What were your favorite movies last year?" And then he says just five of the fucking weirdest movies. That <laughs> yeah, you, really. That, you're, that it's just like, okay, blue is the warmest color, and the battleship movie, and you know, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like that doesn't at all. And then he'll go on something about, well, Liam Neeson actually is a very you know interesting performer, and he can you know whatever the fuck. But yeah, that's, yeah, he's just, he's a weird guy. And I do agree. I think his brain's a little just kind of broken, you know. <laughs> um, uh. Yes. And I mean, I think that brings us back to like, yeah. so much of like how this film especially ends. Yeah. In that it is just such a love letter to mm-hmm. like practical monster makeup. Yeah. Like yeah. every single, like none of them are phoned in. No. And I mean, like, uh, and and we have to agree. I don't think we've said his name once in the back half. Like, this is not Tarantino did not direct this movie. No, this is a Robert Rodriguez film. Yes, yes. Um, and it shows. Oh yeah. But in the same way that True Romance is a Tony Scott film. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The Tarantino of it is just, just, uh, it just bursts out of the fucking screen. Yeah. Like. You know, like, this is a Rodriguez film. Like, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of his hallmarks. Like, it, it is shot like a Rodriguez film. It's you got edited like a Rodriguez film. The guns kind of sound in... The guns sound a certain way like they do at El Mariachi. Like, yeah. you know, it's kind of... Yeah, you know. I mean, it is, and it is it is very well directed. It is really visually inventive. I think, I mean, I already said, not just in terms of, like, the aesthetic of the monsters and the actual bar which i just fucking love the locate like the location they found and the way they built that structure is so goddamn cool but also the filmmaking and the editing is in a lot of i think it feels kind of modern for being a movie that came out in the 90s in terms of just yeah. like how how quick the editing is how you know kind of seamless it feels um yeah it's yeah good, good job rodriguez but you know those two guys are pretty oh yeah they're, they're like best huge collaborators but yeah, yeah like and i mean friends. i mean just like it is just that thing where the end of this film is just like how many people can we get and how many different kinds of yeah. makeup and it's yeah. like every vampire like purposely looks mm-hmm. very different which mm-hmm. is really fun yeah um like the the fred williamson vampire yeah. like looks so different than the sex machine big, vampire. Big fucking, yeah, with like the yeah. fucking predator mouth. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that dude is not mouth. a vampire. That guy is... No. That guy is... They, <laughs> if they did have one visual, like, choice about the vampires, it's that they don't look like sexy humans. They look like fucking bat creatures. Like, yeah. that's their big, you know... Like, Hallmark. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's really good. And, and like, you were right. It is very Evil Dead. Like, yeah. with, the, with the practical effects, with the puppetry, with... With the kind of... I kept thinking of it being very Evil Dead and, like, the way... Just the way they talk about the vampires feels kind of like the way people talk about Deadites in any Evil Dead movie where it's, like, they're just kind of hellspawn. They're from the devil who... Like, I don't know... There's no greater backstory to them. They're just chaos beasts. That's yeah. what they are. Like, yeah, and... Ah, it's so good. Um, fucking... 
And then all the like all the weapons. The weapons are good. We had a good time being like, choose your weapon. Which oh, one is the one? Yes. You know, like all good. Just like every one they reveal, I'm just like, that's cool. That's great. I mean, the good super soaker filled with holy water is very <sighs> so funny. So good. It's really funny. And also like, yeah, makes sense. I mean, honestly, if you're fighting vampires, why wouldn't that just be the first thing that you do? No, of like, course. That's so yeah. obvious, you know? Yeah, that's good, and the fucking, I, I said this, but to bring it back to video games, the thing that George Clooney has is just, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's one of the weapons from the video game Bloodborne. It's exactly that. It's the yeah. fuck, yeah, it's, yeah, oh, it's so cool. Just the jackhammer, but just, it's a giant it's, stake. But it's a giant stake, yeah, fucking cool. I do say, crossbow, a little bit less cool. It's the least coolest one, but it is pretty cool. It is the least cool. Yeah. Um, but it's still pretty cool, mm-hmm. and Juliette Lewis uses it very well. Yeah, that's the thing about crossbows, is that they are always pretty cool. And, yeah, yeah. and I mean, like, it's so, it is one of the things that, like, on the one hand, it's, like, so lazy, but on the other hand, it's also so clever of just, mm-hmm. like, when we etched crosses mm-hmm. into the bullets. It's like, that's brilliant! Yeah, but it's also, like, a, I was thinking about this, because it's a, that's, like, I think that's actually, like, a real thing, like, people do. Oh, yeah? For, like, yeah, well, also, oh, man. Is it to, like, make, like, homemade hollow points or something? Yeah, yeah, it's, like, okay. a hollow point thing. No, there is, there's a lot of video game talk on this episode. That is a thing in the video game Red Dead Redemption 2 you can do, is you can take your bullets and cross them out with your knife. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but you have to do it bullet by bullet, so it's, like, a really useless mechanic that nobody ever uses because it takes literally hours. If oh, you wow. Like, yeah, it's really stupid. Um, okay, you said you had Clooney takes. I want to hear... Um... Well, I mean, yeah. I just think that, like, I mean, I think we kind of, I think we kind of covered it. It's sure. just that, like, they do a really good job at, like, making him, like, handsome and charming, but still very scary. But they mm-hmm. position him, but kind of between the two, like, yeah. other main characters being, like, the family, the family unit, yeah. and then, like, the Tarantino character. So, like, he gets to be bad and scary, but he also gets to be, like, hot and sexy. Yeah. And he also gets to be a protector, but he also gets to be a very dangerous, like, yeah, dog yeah. man. Yeah, it's, it's a really good choice, I think, they make with the end of the... Because I was... The way it was going, I was like, okay, this is very clearly the choice this movie should make. And the movie make, makes it. But I was a little worried. I was like, mm, is this what it's going to be? That the end of the film is not that Juliette Lewis goes with him but that she's like do you need company and he's like you want no part of this like the, you know the way that i'm gonna be a protector to you is to just be like get the fuck out of here like you run the opposite direction of wherever i'm going because i'm not going anywhere nice you know that he's like do you know what el rey is yeah and he just drives away you yeah. know says like hey go fuck yourself like here's your money get the fuck out of here you know like that's I'm like, yeah, that's believably, that is that is the as good a person as that guy can be, is just telling her to fuck off, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, because it's not like he's going to be her fucking new dad. Like, right, you know? no, Like, that's, that's the kind of, I think that is the trope that you almost expect it to turn into. Oh, 100%. But, yeah, they make the wise decision 100%. of just being like, no, no, you fear, like, like... You're you're ready to roll your eyes at him being her new dad, and mm-hmm. you fear that he's gonna be her boyfriend. Yeah. You know, oh that yeah, that like, too. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, no. Like you just think like, oh fuck, are they gonna go with it? And the two of them get together, even though she's playing a teenager. Yeah. Um, nope. I guess they never like establish her age, so I guess they could have been like she's nineteen, yeah, but, but like no. she's very, but she's very like young and like she's like, playing a child. Yeah. She's playing one of the main characters' children. Yes. 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 And, like um, yeah. Both of the kids are, I think pretty purposefully presented as being very young teens and, yeah, yeah and you know they don't really know the ways of the world you know i mean they're fucking 
the least the world is that there are vampires. Yeah, for real. Oh, I and I like that just there's no like the comedy of fucking Carlos shows up and he's just like, yeah, I just randomly, I just chose a bar. I don't know. Yeah, like, like I, I drive tried, by this place yeah, a lot. Yeah. It seemed convenient. Yeah. Like, you know, like what happened? When did it go bad? <laughs> he's like, there were vampires. You know, it, it's, it's just good. Yeah. And the final shot is great. Like, it's just a really good reveal of, it's one last joke that also just works as one last cool bit of b-movie imagery of yeah. the reveal of like it's actually the giant map painting temple. Of, yeah, yeah the fucking pan it's a painting which is so cool you know yeah like it's a really good map painting it like, is i don't, like, I don't yeah. say that to me like, oh my god like it's you can tell it's a painting like yeah you can't tell it's a painting but like it's a yeah. really it's a really good cool it's, it's a really, really seamless detailed uh, yeah. like and it pulls away and for a second i was going is this a painting and then it gets a little further in done i'm like oh, yeah what is yeah it's a very well integrated map painting. yeah it's really cool but fucking yeah and it's like an ancient like aztec temple and it's just and you and then you go oh yeah because that was kind of the design of the place and it's it's perfect. It's just one of those things that when you first see the bar, you're like, oh, that's a a kitschy design for a, you know, a Mexican titty bar. And yeah. then yeah, and then it reveals like, no, it's a fucking you know, whatever. But yeah, it's just uh this movie is cool. Which like that almost feels like a like a Bugs Bunny bit, right? It is Where a Bugs it's like Bunny it's like we it just put up a pick like a big fake, like two D <laughs> like restaurant storefront to lure people in. I do have to um um fucking why can i not i'm losing his name uh we, we do have to discuss just very briefly before we finish cheech marin that yes that he and he plays three different characters and they're all pretty distinct actually yeah. that like <laughs> the tarantino version of kubrick's peter weller yes is <laughs> or not not peter weller peter sellers yeah, yeah, yeah. but i you know what you're talking about but fucking the the but just that like the he goes in like He's not in the movie. And then within five minutes, he goes from, like, border guard, like, stuck up his ass border guard to a man who is just yelling the word pussy oh. over and over and over again for about five minutes. And his name in the credits is Chet Pussy. Chet Pussy. Incredible. Oh, yeah. But it's, um, it's good. This one's real good. Yeah, this one's I'm, great. I'm very glad we watched it together. It was a really good time. I am too. Yeah. I am too. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was funny because we watched this one and no spoilers, but then we started one of the other movies that we're doing, and it's like a very <laughs> just, the just, worst just, double feature yeah, of all time. Not because they're bad movies. No, just, uh... just they don't go together like at all. You know. I mean, really, I don't know what movie does go with this movie. It's so particular. But like, yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. It does kind of. It, it does kind of make me wish, and it's a weird thing. And I don't, I almost, again, I almost don't want to say it. Say it. Say it. I kind of want, like, if Tarantino's only going to do 10 movies, like, if his next one's the last one, do, like, a fucking, like, do he a... should do a horror, do yeah. Do a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, He should do, do a hammer horror. He should. He should do, like, a... If he's if his whole thing is he's going to go out at the fucking height of his powers, he should do, like, the most, like, incredible love letter to, like, fucking Universal Monsters yeah of all time and just do that you yeah. know and i mean like that's i mean i mean he's one of the bloodiest filmmakers like like american filmmakers anyway living like yeah. yeah i mean he could easily do a hammer horror yeah and just like make it absolutely obscenely absurd and you would see the bride of frankenstein's feet so much so, so many so much and yeah this movie has more feet than any of any of the movies which is funny because tarantino yeah. didn't direct it Ooh. so he must have really put it in the script what 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has a lot of fun stuff in it. Does it? It's been a minute. It does. It uh, does. But here's the thing. I don't think people really remember that it does because it's like... It's very casual foot stuff. It's just very much just like, oh, one puts her foot up and on a chair and there's some feet there for like a second, but it just happens like every 10 minutes, you know? But yeah, it's a good movie. I love it. Um, I think that's it. Do we have any, any other burning thoughts about this about this film? No, um, I don't think so. I mean, I just I just love the Harvey Keitel role and oh, I like so that. I like that the movie tacitly is like, yeah, I guess there is a God. There is a, <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, it was the thing I, it was two things I said. One is that Harvey Keitel bringing big Steven Root energy. To oh, role, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. Hugely accurate. And then two, that midway through, I was, the scene when they're suiting up, I was like, kind of a weird thing that this movie makes uh, Christianity feel cool as shit. Yeah, it like, feels it's, fucking metal. You know what's dope? Jesus Christ on a cross. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ could probably kill some vampires, you know? Oh, easy. Absolutely. Where's that movie? I'd watch that one. Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter? Yeah. Yeah. They should do that. That would piss off so many people. That It'd would be piss fantastic. off a lot of people. It'd be great. Uh, it'd be pretty cool, That though. should be Tarantino's 10th film. He should do Jesus Christ, Vampire it Hunter. It should be Jesus Christ meets Van Helsing. Honestly, yeah, if The he... two of them should team up. It should be a mint. It should be, like, grand historical drama, like fucking Cleopatra or the Ten Commandments meets you know, fucking uh, whatever, like the five fucking one of Frankenstein movies they made for Universal. Right. The absolute cheese meets absolute grandiosity. Be pretty good. That'd be fun. Be pretty fucking fun. Uh, all right. Well, um, producer Corey, who is definitely sitting in this room with us right now, mm-hmm. 100%. He's right here. I'm touching his sweet little head. And would you like to tell the fine folks at home uh, where they can find more of this podcast if they found our conversation enjoyable today? If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review also really helps out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, all at Pod. A special thank you to our newest patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pod. We have multiple levels, all with their own perks, ranging from $1 to $25 a month. Uh, if you're interested in hearing more, Please head over to patreon.com slash hhynspod. Thank you, Corey. Um, so, Carson, so yeah. I got this film this week, um, yeah. which means, as always, you are picking our next our next episode. What yeah. are we doing next week? So we're going to watch, and dear audience, imagine this in your mind, we finish from dusk till dawn. It's like 11 o'clock It's 11 at o'clock at on night. On Thursday. On my futon. We're all just like, damn, that was cool. All right. We're all here's... hyped up on uh, Trejo Cervezas. <laughs> and we're all just, and I'm just like, all right, here's the next one. Here's what we're doing next week. It is No Bomb Box Marriage Story. <laughs> <laughs> A film where, no spoilers, there are no vampires. And, Unless uh, Adam Driver's a bit. He might be a vampire. He might be. In he's very, life, he's he very uh, gaunt and slender. Yeah, and yeah, drawn. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Very drawn and very tall. And he does look like he'd have claws. Oh, like yeah. if I have never seen his hands, but if I saw his hands, I think they'd probably have claws. Uh, so next week we will be talking marriage story.